Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey, y'all. Hope your week is going great. Today on CityCast Houston, we're continuing our deep look at the TA takeover of HISD. Yesterday, HISD board member Dr. Kendall Baker explained why the takeover is a good thing. But today, we'll hear why the takeover is going to hurt HISD students and teachers. Jackie Anderson, the president of the Houston Federation of Teachers, joined me to give her perspective of this controversial takeover. It's Tuesday, March 21st. I'm AKL Moomin, and here's what Houston is talking about today. Jackie Anderson, thank you so much for being on CityCast Houston today. Thank you for having me. So, uh, of course, as we know, uh, TEA has announced that they will be taking over uh, HISD in in June. It has been made official. I just want to get it from your perspective, how we got here. Could you give us a quick recap on what exactly happened? There is a law, um, 1842, HB 1842, that says if a district has a failing campus, for five consecutive years, the commissioner does have the legal authority to take over a school district that has a failing school. In this case, they said it was Wheatley. However, Wheatley ended up mm-hmm. through the pandemic and the next rating they came out with was a C. Mm-hmm. So going into the pandemic, it was an F, but that year that they didn't take the STAR test or the STAR test didn't count. The last rating they had counted for two years. So when they did take the STAR test, they got a C. Mm. And so this is our contention. If those two years did not count and they got a C the first time they took the test out of the pandemic, then that should be the score or the rating that they are assigned to. And therefore, the takeover is invalid. That is interesting. Do you believe that there were methods, like if it was in your hands, were there methods to use and utilize to prevent TEA from taking over HISD, that there were improvements or solutions that could have been presented that could have deterred TEA from doing this? Yes, even though the law says that if a school maintains a rating for five years, that they can be taken over that are he the commissioner shall take them over. That wording should be uh he may and but he should be allowed the discretion to look at extenuating circumstances. As in this particular case, students were out of school almost two years for COVID. And you have to understand that all schools in the some of the neighborhoods in Houston, especially in the neighborhood around Wheatley, the infrastructure is horrible. Some students didn't have internet. Some students didn't have laptops. And even when the district gave them laptops, some of them didn't have internet, Wi-Fi service. So there always should be an avenue that is available to a person 
And we'll go back to talking about it being one person. But there should always be an avenue of discretion or some type of due process. Now, when I go back to the person, I don't think that one person should have the sole discretion to take over a district, the largest district in the state of Texas, because one school, one school has a so-called failing grade. It is my contention that Wheatley is not failing. Our schools are not failing. Our teachers are not failing. Our students are not failing. TEA is failing us. They are not adequately funding our schools. There's so much more that the governor, that the commissioner, that TEA could do to assist us. One of the options should be for a school that is deemed a failure by them should be to offer supports, mm. uh, send people in, uh, enable the district to uh, hire specialized uh, instruction, tutors, um, test prep uh, uh, people who offer those types of services. Those things should be an option, not to punish students or teachers. And then in addition, when their score is filtered into the overall rating of HISD with this so-called failing school, and I call it so-called because I don't dare call children failures, mm-hmm. um, the district has a B-plus rating. So there, and there are other districts in and around the Houston area who have a lower rating than the B plus that HISD has. Those schools are not on the chopping block. Mm-hmm. So there are there should be other avenues, a way of due process, a way of looking at extenuating circumstances, and everything should be applied in a fair manner before we start to label children as failures or schools as failures. Do you, to a certain extent, have doubts about TEA's intentions? Like, do you think that this is politically motivated? Oh, absolutely. This is, uh, yes, I think this is purely political. It is a push to end democracy by telling registered voters that their vote does not mean anything. It is a money grab. It's, It's about power. It's about power. None of this has nothing to do with children. And everything I've heard coming out of TEA, I hear the soft pedal about we're worrying, you know, we want to make sure our kids get a quality education. Well, if you want to make sure that they get a quality education, why don't we look at how you fund them? Mm-hmm. Why are we not funding our schools if you really care? You would make sure that they have the resources, that teachers are paid well. That teachers don't have to work, you know, two or three jobs to make ends meet and leave their families and their children at home while they go out and try to make ends meet. You would invest in your schools and in your communities by offering services that children need. You would be offering um, social uh, emotional learning. We would have counselors. We would have social workers, nurses, and people to help children deal with some of the baggage that they come to school with, even Prior to the pandemic, not even after the pandemic, nothing has changed in what we offer and what we do. And not to mention that, what about our teachers? Everyone was affected by the pandemic, not just our students. What is being done to help our teachers to adjust and to come back and be healthy and whole? You can only pour so much out. Sometimes you have to be refilled. What is being done about that? 
-hmm. It's not about money all the time. It's about dignity and respect for the profession. And the state has demoralized, demonized. We're accused of of teaching a hate. Mm -hmm. We just want to teach the truth. We want it. We know that we are shaping the lives of our own futures. We want them to be healthy, productive. We want them to be whole, but we want to live as well. And on top of that, after you devote your entire life to the teaching profession, 30, 40 years, you can't even retire with a uh, income that will keep you at a decent standard of living. A lot of our retirees have to go back to work and look for part-time work. Mm -hmm. Haven't had a raise uh, in their uh, COLA uh, since they retired in 2003, I believe it was. So the profession has just been uh, demonized. It it, it has been uh, not even, most people won't even consider going into the profession now because of the way we have been treated throughout this, this time. So, Actually, when you take a step back, you can see that the profession itself has been set up to fail. And so have our students, because our working conditions are their learning conditions. And when you don't care about teachers, when you don't put things in place to support teachers, what you're really doing is not supporting students. So how do you think that this decision affects the teacher shortages we have, for instance? Well, it was already in a pretty bad condition. I think now it's going to be in critical condition. Because of the TEA takeover? Because of the takeover. I've had so many teachers who have called me concerned about not, you know, signing their contracts, not wanting to sign their contracts, trying to wait till the last minute to sign their contracts. They have already started, some of them have started looking for jobs in outlying districts because many of our teachers don't even live in HISD. They can't afford to live in Houston proper. So they live out in the suburbs and they can work in the districts where they live and where their children go to school. And so many of them are out. I talked to two teachers yesterday that I saw out and they mm-hmm. told me, oh, I'm looking for a job in uh, different districts outside of HISD because the morale was already low. And now they feel it's going to be even worse and that we're going to lose teachers. And we know what happens when teachers are out. We don't have adequate subs. Mm-hmm. So they start piling in uh, children in other teachers' classrooms, doubling their uh, amount of students. It's just a bad situation all around. And I I really don't blame them. I really don't because I was a teacher myself for 33 years. And I know how hard it is, how difficult it is when you have to come into a classroom and you're pouring out every day for students. But the people who are in charge, the people who make the decisions about what you do and what's for you don't have a clue about what's going on in the schools and their decisions reflect that. So you think there will be a practical material impact on the students, the teacher, the active teaching. We spoke to a board member of HISD who was pro this takeover, and he was arguing for the fact that this is so high level that the day-to-day process is not going to change. Do you think that that is accurate? Do you think that that's valid? Or do you think that there is, there is going to be like an active impact into people's lives because of this? 
that is definitely going to be an active impact. And I, that trustee sounds like a person that's never been in the classroom, never been a teacher, and doesn't have any clue. Like I said, the people who make the decisions don't have a clue about what's going on. There is absolutely no way that decisions can be made on a, even on a very high level mm -hmm. that don't affect the bottom line. Every decision made about a child, every decision on whatever level, has an impact. And like I said, teaching conditions are the students' learning conditions. Mm -hmm. So if teachers are have a low morale, that affects students. If teachers don't know from day to day if their schools are going to be open or closed, that affects them, that affects their students. Mm -hmm. There's absolutely no way you can disconnect yourself in your classroom from your personal life. You have to be healthy as a teacher you have to be healthy and whole if you want to make a positive impact on students. We're not machines. We're not robots. We are humans. And this is what they don't understand. So to say that this is on such a high level that it will not impact the day-to-day -day operations, that is a farce. And anybody who believes that is thoroughly mistaken. I'm an educator, and I know how decisions are made at the top and how it trickles down mm -hmm. to the bottom line. And the bottom line is the students. But guess what? It has to come through the teacher to get to the student. Wow. So how long do you foresee this lasting? Like this takeover is supposedly going to be in full effect in June. Past that, what are we looking at? Well, I understand it's a minimum of two years. Wow. So even at the very best, if, if things will go as anticipated with the takeover, I understand that the minimum amount of length of time is two years. It can go as long as six years or until the conservator says that it's time to go. But what are they looking for if they continue to move the goal? Because um just like the uh, the new CCMR point system that comes out, a lot of our schools who would probably have a B rating might be dropping their rating to a D. Oh, wow. So is that going to be taken into account with the progress of the accountability of the district and the accountability of the school? So that's going to lower what the anticipated rating that the schools have coming up in the summer when they release those new ratings with the new guidelines, which came out in January 2023 for CCMR. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had friends who told me they looked at their data. Their school was slated to be a B. Now, when they apply the new rating, they're slated to be a D. Oh, wow. So now we're going to be adding more schools to the so-called failure list in HISD. And who's making these these decisions about these ratings, it's accountability, non-educators. Mm -hmm. And yet you want to sit here and say it doesn't affect, it's so high level, it doesn't affect the bottom line. It absolutely does affect the bottom line. It affects the bottom line every single day. That's, mm -hmm. that's ridiculous to even say that's outrageous. <laughs> but that's how disconnected they are to what's happening in schools. That's why you got to have an educator at the table. There's a lot of people on either side of this that have a lot of uncertainty. They do not know what's going on. Even people who are in support of this, uh, th there seems to be a lot of confusion about the goals within this process. And I wonder, like, what is your messaging to kind of 
give people kind of a direction to look at for these teachers, parents, even the students who might be worried about what's to come next? Well, I would say to our students, first of all, you are not failures. And don't let anybody tell you you are a failure. I would say to our teachers, do what you are born to do. Do what your compassion compels you to do. That is teach students and prepare them for the future. I would say to parents, make sure that you are actively involved in your child's school. Make sure you are attending school. Make sure you talk to your teachers. Make sure you are an a visible part, an interactive part in your child's schooling, in your child's life, in your child's day-to-day, simply by saying, how did your day go? What happened? Tell me about what happened at school today. What did you learn? Those things are so, so easy. They involve no money, Mm -hmm. but you can find out a lot about what happened, what your child is experiencing. How do you feel about this teacher? How do you, what, you know, what's going on? Mm -hmm. And make sure that you are civically engaged with your community. Make sure that you know who, you know, when people start to tell you, you know, I'm running for this, I'm running for that. Mm -hmm. Look at their history, research it. Google them. (laughs) Don't worry about what the promise (laughs) is. Worry about what the past, because that's a good indication of what they're going to do in the future. So it's so many things you can do that don't cost you a dime. Mm -hmm. Be involved. With all that involvement for the union, what is next for mobilizing people Mm -hmm. for the Houston Federation of Teachers? What do you see as the next step for you? First of all, we want our teachers to know that no matter who is at the helm of HISD, be it a board of managers, a new superintendent, HFT is going to be here. Mm -hmm. You have rights. You have due process. And we will be defending that due process with whoever is at the helm. We will not uh, walk away. We will not. We're not throwing our hands up. For us, it's business as usual. And we will continue the job we've always done of representing our teachers and making sure their rights are not violated. Their working conditions are safe and they have due process. Thank you so much, Jackie, for coming on the show today and giving us this uh, perspective. You're welcome. I hope we can resolve this <laughs> as we move forward. Yes, we will. We're still in the fight. We're still in the fight. We not. We're not backing down. We're not lying down. We have. We're reaching out to whatever avenue we have. We know we're past the state. We're going to federal. Whatever we need to do, we're in this fight until we have absolutely no, not even a grain of fight left. And where can people help out if they want to? If they want to help out, they can reach out to HFT2415.org. We have all types of uh, mobilization activities going on. You can uh, go on the TexasAFT.org website, and they have many listed activities and actions. And if you want to take a part, we're more than happy to have you because it takes a village. It's not something that just teachers can do. Mm-hmm. Parents can get involved, too. And we welcome parents. Thank you so much, Jackie. I appreciate you so much. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. That was Jackie Anderson, president of the Houston Federation of Teachers. 
Now let's get into some March Madness. Over the weekend, our hometown UH Cougars have officially made it to the Sweet 16. After taking down number 16 Northern Kentucky in a difficult matchup, our Cougs showed out after a rough first half against the 9th seed Auburn to punch their ticket for the Sweet 16 to see number 5 Miami this Friday at 6.15 p.m. This has not been a friendly tournament to the top seeds, with Purdue and Kansas falling in dramatic fashion. But a win for the Cougs this Friday could set up a Texas matchup against the Longhorns, y'all, in the Elite Eight. And that smells too much like destiny to me. I wish our boys the best of luck as they try to capture the national championship, which will be played at NRG Stadium here in Houston. Can y'all imagine the vibes of having home court advantage? The city's about to be wild if we make it through. All right, y'all. That's a wrap for the show today. I hope this sheds a more balanced light on the decision by the TEA to take over HISD and some of the potential outcomes that could come out of this. We'll keep an eye on any new developments as the state begins the process of selecting the board of managers. And I tell y'all to keep an eye out for our Thursday episode this week because we have an incredible surprise in the works. All right, y'all. Bye. Jackie Anderson, the president of the Houston Federation of Cheecher, Cheecher, Cheechin Chong, Cheechers, Chai Chi.